With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is Mind Medicine on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome to the Mind Medicine program. I'm Charles Coves, your host. I'm Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to Sunday evening in Melbourne, 7 p.m., 6 p.m. in our home city for TNT Radio of the Gold Coast in Queensland. Sunday nights are relaxing nights, and I look on Sunday night as an opportunity for you to reset your week and think about what your week is going to look like. So I will give you good medicine for your mind and your soul and your body. So this show helps you to do that. My guest this hour is going to be slightly different structure. This hour is Dr. Paul Oosterhaus, and he is on a ship in Cook Straits, just out of Wellington, we're going to have some live views. We've got Paul live. He's been at a demonstration, a support demonstration in Wellington, New Zealand today, but I'll tell, I'll introduce him to you in a moment. This show is all about how and why mind matters and how to keep it in great shape. Ideas to provoke new ways of thinking about your life and life generally. Insights into mental health issues and health issues of all descriptions. And to that end, we're delighted to bring you this show in association with Mind Medicine Australia, a wonderful charity that has succeeded in legalizing MDMA and psilocybin in Australia when prescribed by psychiatrists. This is leading edge result from Australia and countries all around the world and health health systems all around the world are really praising Australia as being leaders. So Peter Hunt and Tanya Dion, co-founders of Mind Medicine Australia over the last five years have done a great job in enabling that to happen. And in this show, we also talk about health issues of all descriptions because health, you've heard me say for regular listeners, but I'll say it again, my definition of health is it is the unique optimum balance for you unique optimum balance of mental physical and spiritual elements we talk about passion here and its impact on your mental health and normally i would do my editorial now but i want to get to paul oosterhouse straight away and if we get time at the end i'll do my editorial i have a few things to say um but paul oosterhouse is a doctor i've known him for some years he's well known in the media he is a freedom warrior like me. He's highly experienced. He was suspended by ARPA, the Australian Health Practitioners Regulatory Agency, who are a bunch of crooks, in my opinion. They do not apply the law. They do not act lawfully. But Paul was wrongfully suspended, and then that suspension was set aside, and his registration as a medico was reinstated, and... He'll tell you what he's doing now with his life, but he's on a ship, on a fast ship to China. Paul, welcome to the show and give us a look at what, this is a spectacular view. Oh, welcome. Hey, good to see you, Charles. Yeah, what an amazing day I've had. And uh, yes, this, this is the first for me talking to you from uh, from a cruise ship in uh, off the coast of New Zealand. Well, give us a view. Move your camera around so we, everybody. Just imagine That's if you're listening trip. on. Wow, you've just sailed out of Wellington, haven't you? 
That's right. And, and the amazing thing is that um, we booked this cruise five months ago. This is long before I learned about the whistleblower, uh, Winston Smith, who we now know is Barry Young. And uh, long before uh, I was invited to come here and see the data. So having never been in New Zealand in my life, now I've been to New Zealand twice in a, in a matter of weeks. But yeah, I booked this five months ago. I didn't even know if it was going to stop in Wellington. And today we stopped in Wellington just in time for for our gathering in support of the whistleblower, Barry Smith. Um, well, sorry, young. <laughs> well, two questions. Number one... Number one, thanks for showing us that. So go and get comfortable now. Sit where you're going to be sitting. Number one, where are you sailing to? And number two, uh, so where is your ship heading tonight? And then number two, tell us about the demonstration in support of Barry Young, a.k.a. Winston Smith, famously known from um, 1984, isn't it? 1984 by George Orwell. That was his alias. Uh, yeah, we're, we're on our way to Dunedin uh, tonight. So uh, I've never been there. There's another member of our team, uh, Dr. Lily Nightingale, who who, who helped uh, myself and Liz uh, um, look at the data, you know, and that's extraordinary. So I have, uh, I do a show with uh, Michael Gray Griffith uh, called Cafe Lockdown, and uh, Liz Gunn, who who was a former uh, news uh, TV news reporter uh, and uh, political uh, party uh, starter, called, uh, we interviewed her several weeks ago, and she said uh, after the interview, she said, "We'd like you to come out and meet the whistleblower and have a look at the data," and so that that was an extraordinary experience. Yeah, wow. And then and then give us the essence of what happened today. You know, the the that um Barry Young has been literally attacked by the NZ government. He's been charged, he's been bailed. Give us give us the story and and, and more important, first of all, give us what the data shows, what he's releasing to the world, because I really want it in simple terms and I want people to understand the enormity of what this data shows firstly and then tell us what happened today so barry was a, was a senior database analyst so he actually is a oracle expert and he set up this payment system uh for the new zealand government uh to to manage the payment of of the of the vaccinators it was it's called the pay per dose system now in new zealand uh, population of just over 5 million, uh, they had given 12 million doses that they had to keep track of. In this system, this one system has the records of nearly a third of all the total injections given in New Zealand. So 4 million doses covering 2.2 million New Zealanders. So it it's it's not like anything we're used to seeing. This is what Steve Kirsch calls record level data. So it, you can see uh, it, 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 it'll have the name of the person, the name of the vaccination, the batch number, the time that they were injected, the time that they left. Um, and it will. It, he also had the date of death 
uh, among those who died. And what he was noticing while he was looking at the data that was coming into this pay-per-dose government system, he saw uh, that there were some sites where people came in on, on a Saturday, Tuesday morning and you could see they injected one after the other and there would be death after death after death from that same session. Now, they didn't all die the next day or the next week, but over the next six months, the, you can see the deaths just build up and build up and build up and peak around around the six-month mark, and then they fall off again. And this is not what you see with a with a safe vaccine or a safe injection, you know. And, and this, this pattern was repeated regardless of the dose. It was repeated regardless of the age. So it, it, it happened across all ages and all doses. And um, he, they had the insight to get this, this database looked at very carefully because they knew that um, it needed to go out in an anonymous way <clears throat> without any breach of privacy. But they wanted to give it to key people around the world who could actually analyze it. Uh, and one of those, and the first out of the gate was uh, Steve Kirsch, the tech entrepreneur. And he, he did, if you go to his Substack, he did a, he explains it very nicely on the 30th of November, he, he presented at uh, the Kershaw Auditorium at, at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and he explains the analysis of what he did, what a safe vaccine should look like, and how this isn't a safe vaccine. Um, and, and in particular, it's called um, a time-based cohort analysis. So people have been saying, oh, it's incomplete. You might have only the first dose and the fourth dose and the fifth dose. Some people you have the second and the third dose, but not the first or the fourth. None of that matters. None of that matters. With a time-based cohort, you know when people, th this is unique to having record level data. You know when they were injected and if they died, you know when they died. And you can chart this over time. And you don't need the unvaccinated to control it. This is the same technique that the Office of National Statistics in the UK uses. This is the same technique that many businesses use when they're looking at their database to see, did this, did this um, marketing campaign work? Or, you know, did, did people, uh, you know, convert from their trial subscription to a permanent subscription? It, it's, not, it's not some sort of magical... Thing. It's a, it's a well-known technique. And what it shows in a nutshell, the important thing, all-cause mortality. We've seen increases, excess uh, over what's expected all around the world, in all the countries where, where these synthetic gene therapies ha have, have been used. And despite it hitting the newspapers, they're, they're blaming it on every form of coincidence under the sun. They're saying, oh, you, you went to sleep with a full stomach, you went to sleep with the TV on, you, you know, anything ridiculous. What this data shows is it's not coincidence. It's not climate change. It's the jab. And, yes. and the excess deaths are one, one excess death per thousand injections, which when you, when you add it up over the whole planet, that's 13 million excess deaths. If you're talking about Australia, it's not the 14 people that the TGA says. It's not the 1,000 that were reported. It's 61,000 excess deaths. In New Zealand, 
they're saying it's four out of uh, maybe 180 odd reports in New Zealand. So you four, would expect from four this data. deaths out of 180 jabs, you mean? No, four deaths out of 180 reports to their to their version of the TGA, the MedSafe. Yes. But the actual number this predicts from the number of, total number of jabs is 12,000 deaths in New Zealand. So, so there's a wow. big discrepancy. There's a huge discrepancy. And this is not very far at all from what Dennis Rancor in Correlation Canada showed with his all-cause mortality um, uh, data. So it, it, it's, it, it's consistent with other data sources. It's consistent with what we're seeing with um, elevated excess mortality that just isn't going away. And what this shows is it's not any of the bullshit that they're telling, bullshit excuses that they're giving. Uh, what, what I call, in 2021, I said on my Substack that I predict that coincidence is going to be the leading cause of death in 2022. <laughs> you wow. know, because they'll blame everything except yes. it actually is. And what this is showing is not coincidence, it's not climate change, it's the injection, and it needs to be stopped. Yes, it does need to be stopped. Thank you for that overview of that database. So the Steve Kirsch Substack, I subscribe to that. Uh, look look it up, Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H. It's a great story with Steve Kirsch at MIT, Paul, because as you know, the that auditorium was named after him and yet they didn't want to let him speak in that auditorium because of their woke bullshit, to quote you, and I, I agree with that, the political correctness. And there is no doubt that these that universities, are so, I saw a great article a couple of weeks ago that the university sector is lost. It is lost. And today I got an email from a very wise person saying, do, you know, people will stop sending their children to Harvard because Harvard has become the worst of the worst with its current crazy president and then, there was and, and the evidence that they're giving in relation to enrolments. So it was a beautiful article two or three weeks ago. The universities will disappear and alternatives will come into play. Why would you incur a debt of $100,000, $200,000 to be educated by these idiots where it's entirely left dominant? And so you don't get university has ceased to be a university by the word universe itself. It means getting a holistic education so coming you know, back there's a, there's a saying go woke go broke That's so it. so the universities will suffer the same fate if they don't change course so paul the one the 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 complexity with excess data excess death data and by the way you're only talking about deaths you're not talking about serious adverse events because plenty of people that i'm dealing with in australia as you are have and, and right around the world People have been jabbed with these bioweapons. They're not vaccines. You and I both know they're not vaccines. They've been jabbed with these bioweapons, and they are being gaslit by the medical profession. Just like you said, this data is trying to be explained away by the mainstream media as the change of weather is causing these deaths. Now, one of the one of the clue one of the keys is to be able to describe complex ideas in simple ways and you said uh, you talked about denny rancor he pronounces his name denny i believe he's a frenchman in 
Canada, and he is really? a wonderful, wonderful researcher. And Steve Kirsch is also doing some wonderful research. By Steve, by the way, everybody was jabbed himself until he woke up. So one in a thousand deaths would suggest because there are 5,000, 5 billion people who have been jabbed on the planet, that would suggest 5 million deaths. But what you're saying is one in a 1,000 would be 5 million deaths. But what you're saying is... Per dose, per dose Charles. Some of them have had more you. than one dose. Thank you. Per dose, that's very important. Secondly, Jim Thorpe a wonderful gynecologist and obstetrician in the US, 40-plus years' experience. He has come onto a program that I host called Medical Doctors for COVID Ethics, and he says in his view 50 million people have died on the data that he has analysed. Now, I think Steve and Barry Young, but I'll be interested to compare and I'll get Jim Thorpe to have a look at that comparison between what Barry Young has released to us, which is wonderful, and Jim Thorpe, because this is going to be, and you know, when the real number comes out, and then you point out, and this is the reason why no case in Australia against vaccines in history has ever succeeded, because Big Pharma throws every single resource it has at it, so that the the person whose child has died or become autistic or been significantly impacted. Big Pharma will fight it to the death and no law firm is willing to take it on. So this gaslight process is alive and well, and it's a serious problem. Now, I think we've got to go to a break shortly, Paul. I want to come back and explore what happened today with Barry and tell us how he's feeling. And I want to understand, you know, what the argument is of the New Zealand government as to, you know, why it says it can take action against against Barry Young. I'm Charles Coves. I'm your host of the Mind Medicine Program with, with Dr. Paul Oosterhouse, who's on in the Cook Strait between the North and South Islands of New Zealand, sailing down to Dunedin. And by the way, I'll let you know that I've been in all over New Zealand. I hitchhiked over New Zealand for three months when I finished my law degree. So I've been to Dunedin. I've been almost every place in New Zealand. We'll be back after these messages. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them, criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, 
You have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Welcome back to the Mind Medicine Program. I'm Charles Coves. I have to, these days, this wonderful ability of having having video as well as audio, but there are some people who are only listening by radio, so I say things that for those who are watching, it might be obvious, but I am Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. My guest is Dr. Paul Oosterhaus, who is in a ship bound to Dunedin in the Cook Strait. So, Paul, tell us what happened today with Barry Young, um, what what this support meeting was about, what you learnt and then why what 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 angle the new zealand government is taking to attack him yeah well officially it was a picnic in support of uh, barry Young, and there were picnics all over new zealand um including Dunedin and, and and elsewhere uh but the the one in wellington uh, i was particularly thrilled to go to because we had uh, andrew brigden uh, join us um via audio we had Steve Kirsch um, join us by audio and give a presentation, uh, as well as Liz Gunn, uh, Barry Young himself, um, uh, all, all presented, and Dr. Matt Shelton from NZDOS, who, who he's like my New Zealand counterpart um, in, in New Zealand. Uh, we, we got to catch up for the first time ever in person and and share a couple of pints. So if I'm if uh, if I'm a little bit hazy. It's it's the New Zealand beer to blame. Well, I know you're very you're uh, very clear. 
And I think it's very appropriate that you drink beer on such an occasion. So keep going. Yes, uh, 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 Barry gave a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful speech. He, he, tomorrow he is going to be in the courts where he ha will have to plea. Uh, he's planning to plead not guilty because he didn't do anything wrong. He, he's, he's, he hasn't, um, he hasn't uh, breached the privacy of any grandma or any per any New Zealander. The data was delivered for the public and the experts to review uh, only after he presented it to his um, to politicians, to the people of New Zealand. Uh, he wrote his, his letter expressing his concerns, particularly about the clusters of deaths that he was seeing. You know, in some sites with this data, you could see you had 20, 30, 40 people injected in the same place on the same day and um, and you 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 could sometimes see death these what he called clusters of deaths more than three people who died who arrived on the same day to get vaccinated often with the same vaccinator of 20 30 40 people um, in some instances so what they had in common was they all came in to the vaccine center on that day or the doctor's office on that day and now they're dead and he said this is a disturbing signal. I I want I need to make this available to you. I I I, I, I you need to look at this data. And rather than look at the data, rather than say yes yes we we will look at it. We will we will take action. They've run away. You know, it's almost like it's it's almost like um like you're you're putting light in front of a garlic or the cross in front of a, a vampire. They they run away from the data. And, and all Barry wants and all that many of us want is transparency of, of the public available data. And that's all he's done. He's, he's provided some of the transparency in, in a responsible, anonymized fashion so that people can have a look and confirm his serious concern that the record level data shows uh, that this is an unsafe product, you know basically an unsafe product and, and and that it is the cause of the um uh, elevated excess mortality we're seeing around the world um so that data is available people can can download it from Steve Kirsch's um substack the credentials are all there there uh, I noticed the other day that uh, Liz Gunn mentioned and and I went to this website vesaware.com and if you click on the New Zealand tab, what, you can what, actually... Oh, sorry, it's VAERS Aware. Yes, that's, right. that's with Albert Benavides who's doing that work. Um, yeah, it, it's, um, uh, the Twitter handle was Draven, you know. Mm. But, um, what, that was very clever. They, they chopped it up because, you know, what's difficult is you've got 4 million rows to analyze. It will crash any Excel spreadsheet. But what 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 they what he did was put it in an easy to look at database where you can change the different ages, change the vaccines, change all the different parameters, and investigate for yourself what the data is showing without having to go to need special database uh, analytical tools and ha having to download the whole thing. So. Um, as we as people do that, I think we will see more and more patterns. And one of the things 
One of the things that was surprising to me, Charles, when I saw it, was that we we all tended to think that the, you would see the deaths early. You know, you'd have the, the shot and then you'd see the deaths over the next two weeks. And then and then, and then it would settle down. But that's, yes, there were some early deaths. But what was surprising in this data was how many were delayed deaths. Mm. You know, uh, they, they all they had in common was, they, like I say, they turned up on that particular day to get that particular shot from that particular batch or vaccinated, and, and now they're dead. And sometimes this was one in four, even uh, 30% of the people on a particular day. Um, and and that's worse than Russian roulette. So Barry was quite right to say, look, guys, you have to look at this. And, and I think some of the people on our side were quite right to say, well, hang on, this is this is could be confounded by age and when they were vaccinated and all that. Now, I think that that is valid. These are the worst cases that he picked. So you can imagine maybe the vaccinators, the whole practice is going to to hospices and old old people's homes and vaccinate, vaccinating 90 plus year olds. Maybe, maybe mm. if, if that was their practice, you, you might understand why so many have died. But when you look at the time-based cohort of all the ages, so you you can analyze this is what Steve did. Um, when you know when every age, every person was vaccinated, and of those who died, when they died, you you like I say, it, the, the the information shows that it's definitely caused by the vaccine. It's not cherry picking, cherry picking a, a particular uh, group to to make the vaccine look bad. Well, Paul, that that is deeply concerning, and anyone who who wants to argue that it's not the jabs, I don't call them vaccines, I think it's misleading to call them vaccines, um, please, please stop saying that because it's not true. And the next thing we have to do is to help, is to help people who have lost loved ones. And I'm wondering, Paul, you know, the the your experience in terms of people dying, in terms of in terms of funerals, I've attended quite a number. In and indeed, yesterday, the captain of Luton Town in the English Premier League collapsed on the pitch, and the game was abandoned. Um, there are forty-six sport, top sport top athletes died between July and November of this year. My darling wife Julie dug out that information and shared forty-six top sports people. This has never happened before, and. The remarkable thing, is, the remarkable thing, is that people still deny that it's any. Oh, and there's another example of a dentist friend of ours who is commenting on the fact that their colleagues are getting shingles and dying suddenly, and they're not making any connections. Like they psychologically can't make this connection. What What have you found in your journey on this ability to make the connection? Yeah, I, I, look, I've seen it in my own uh, partner, the mother of my children. She went ahead and got the shot against my advice. And that's exactly what happened. Next thing she's saying, I've got this rash. It's shingles. Uh, that's a sign of, of uh, immune suppression of a non-functional, you know, of an immune system, which is, which is, which is not at its optimum. And over the years, pre all this, if you had someone who came up to you with shingles, one of the things you'd be concerned is, why has this 
why has it emerged now? What what is potentially um, impairing that person's immune system? And it's a it's a clue to look for cancer because it goes hand in hand the impaired impaired immune system and the development of cancer. But um, as Ryan Cole and others have noted, uh, and what was worrying me personally is is that we're also seeing more aggressive cancers, the so-called turbo cancers and uh, cancers which are more resistant to treatment. We're seeing cancers that we didn't see in the past in in, in like uh, bowel cancers in very young people. It, that only happened if you had uh, a, a familial polyposis coli, some sort of genetic predisposition. But now we're seeing they're seeing more and more bowel cancers in young people. They're seeing more aggressive brain tumors. Um, so it, even the, the the pattern of the cancers and the aggressiveness of the cancers um, has changed among the vaccinated, and 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 that's a real concern, I think. Well, what 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 have I'm always looking for ways to raise the issue. You know, I, I go to a funeral, and you know it, it's a sad time. But, you know, I think, I think all of us have to get better and better and better at saying to people, did the deceased have a jab and how many jabs? I think we need to start asking that. And we look at the family in the eye and say, I'm, I'm convinced that the jabs killed your loved one. And we put it out there. And they don't want to hear it, but the more it's, that we say it... Like a lead balloon, Charles. Um, it goes over like a lead balloon, Charles. Sorry, uh, so we broke up just then. I, I had a friend who, a good old, a good close school friend, who who claims he he knows no one who was injured by the vaccine, uh, and yet um, his his own daughter, twenty three years old, had 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 a cerebral aneurysm, um, uh, you know, after the vaccine, and um, I was already aware and seeing papers of of aneurysms being related to the vaccine. So I said that to him first, first thing, oh, oh, you know, we're seeing this in relation to the vaccine. He doesn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He still but he's a doctor, is he not? No, no, this this is a school friend who's oh, yeah, a lawyer. Yep. But, um, so it, it is very hard in those moments, but I did mention it once and then I didn't say it ever again. But ever since the research showing the link between cerebral aneurysm and 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 the, and the shot has been increasing, and and that that can also be partly an effect of the these lipid nanoparticles, and how they're stored and how they they behave. I believe that they're probably the contributing factor, along with the spike protein uh, attack uh, uh, on on the blood vessels themselves. So well, look, there's there's a wonderful <laughs> La- Paul. There's a wonderful Latin maxim: "Res ipsa locator," and once we get into the complexities of lipid nanoparticles and spike proteins and ACE2 receptors, that is also deliberate obfuscation so that the average person in the street can't rely on the raise-ipsilocator. The facts speak for themselves. That's the importance of Barry Young's data. That's the importance of st- the work that Steve Kirsch is doing, that you cannot deny these facts. And the f- and here's... The- Let's go to the next question. You were a doctor for many years, and I've I have information on this. I've I've been involved in health for a long time, 
there and Jim Thorpe, I watched a, a, who I know personally, the gynecologist I mentioned earlier. He said, and I know this to be true because I've also seen it from many other sources. There is not one proper scientific gold standard test done on any vaccine that's ever been released to the public on the planet. Yeah, I said that today in my speech. Sorry, my, my... I said that today. Say that again. My my phone went. <laughs> Siri thought I was talking to it. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I said I said that today in my speech in support of Barry. Exactly that. That there, there have been no placebo-controlled studies. Uh, the, you know, uh, and they seem desperate to hide uh, any examples of of un. Um, unvaccinated populations or control groups. You know, the Amish is a natural example. You know, when you look at the rates of autism and ADHD um, and asthma um, among the Amish, people will say, oh, no, they've got a different diet or they get out in the sun more. But, but, but you know, there was a paper by Dr. Paul Thomas, who I'm going to be talking with uh, um, in the near future for children's health defence, and he he was unusual in that he he got many uh, unvaccinated uh, non-Amish Americans, and he did a, published a paper, and it was very very obvious the difference between between the unvaccinated and vaccinated in terms of autism, ADHD. Now that was written with uh, James Lyons Weiler, and it, it was a good paper. Guess what? It was retracted by the publisher QuickSmart, not because. There, there was any issues with the data, but because there was issues with the, the implications of what it showed. So two issue, two things, no placebo control studies. And, and remember, the, the, even with this COVID vaccine, the first thing they did after two months, after they got the EUA, injected the control group. So this yeah, is... That's this right, they did it too. That's right. The emergency EUA, emergency use author, use authorization, they injected the control group. Yes, and, and and when you do that, you destroy the ability to link long term harm to that to that treatment. So it's very nefarious, and that's why these these um, control groups are, are very important. So, Paul, do you know anybody? I'm looking for examples. Of parents who have who have not vaccinated their children, like the Amish, but I know plenty of people. I know, you know plenty of parents who have given no vaccines to their kids and have been have suffered financially from the Australian government regime of no jabs, no pay. Brought in in twenty sixteen, clearly as part of this plan. Clearly. I haven't found a parent who regrets that decision. My question to you is, do you know any parent who regrets not vaccinating their children? No, no, I don't. And I, I know no one who regrets not taking the COVID vaccine. In fact, it's the exact opposite. All right. With that, we'll go to a we'll go to a break, and it's it's. I'm with Dr. Paul Oosterhouse. Thank you for this wonderful information. Um, we'll be back after these messages, and we thank you for listening to and watching TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. There are big changes going on in the overall global weather pattern over the next fifteen to twenty days, exactly opposite of what happened last year. 
The United States overall is going to become a big focal point for winter weather. Europe also, again, once we get past this transition from the 20th through the 30th. So Europe is warmed up, but a lot of cold is coming, it looks to me, like January, February. And the U.S. may have another bout with snowmageddon especially in the eastern part of the United States. But this is all part of this climate hypothesis I've developed due to underwater volcanic activity. And I've gone over this a couple of times, and it's pretty hard to do it in a minute or two, so I'm not going to review it. But what we said over a month ago was that there was going to be a lot of damaging storms from the El Nino this year, the Gulf of Mexico up the East Coast, and we got another one coming. We already saw Florida blasted back on November 17th, or well, here comes the next one. But I also said, look out for the hurricane season from hell next hurricane season. That's already on my radar. And if you want to read about it, you go to weatherbell.com. It's not behind the paywall. And you can take a look at what I'm looking at with that. But none of this is part of man-made climate change. That's why I like getting out in front. Because if you look at the readings that I've been doing and actually look at what I've been writing about all this, you find that there is a reason behind it and it has nothing to do with CO2 emissions. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. <laughs> do you get it? Yes, good job. So what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. See, Smokey thinks I'm funny. You're listening to Mind Medicine. Mind Medicine. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Charles Covest. For those of you who can't see me on the screen, my guest is Dr. Paul Oosterhouse. We're talking about the fact that not one vaccine that's ever been released has had proper safety and effectiveness trials. Everybody, please note this. Secondly, neither Paul nor I nor anyone I've asked knows any parent who regrets not putting vaccines into their kids. And, and secondly, I have yet to find anybody, and Paul is the same, of someone who's refused to take the COVID jabs who regrets it. And I certainly refused, and I certainly don't regret it. Now, Paul, Moderna, a Moderna employee came out today and said that the Moderna evidence clearly shows that the Moderna COVID jabs cause cancer, and then Moderna has come out and says, no, no, that's not, that's not right. So um, it's, it's wonderful to see there's whistleblowers like Barry Young coming out. Any thoughts on the Moderna admission? Well, it, it's completely consistent with what we understand about the, these genetic therapies, and um, we, we know that they interfere they produce the spike protein. The spike protein can get in the nucleus. It it, it can affect uh, the guardian of the genome, the p53. Um, it inter it, it affects uh, the said before you people's I saw shingles in, in, in my uh, ex-wife. Uh, these are. Toll-like receptors are affected. So things which the body needs to keep cancer at bay uh, is being degraded by these shots. 
Um, so I believe it's the truth. I'm just gobsmacked that someone came out and actually said it who worked for Moderna. But they they, they probably unfortunately suffered a, a loss close to them like so many of us are, are, are doing now. Well, I think it's a wonderful thing that the, that the whistleblowers are coming out. I call on, in fact, that was going to be one of my editorial comments. I call on people, employees in government, in Big Pharma, to come out and share smoking gun data. Every whistleblower makes a difference. Every person of courage like Barry Young makes a difference. And one of the ways that we will win this fight for our health and truth and justice. And one of the ways that that happens, Paul, as you well know, is the willingness and the courage to have the fight. Now, you had the fight with APRA, and I commend you on that. My question to you is, you know, what is it in your psyche that that enabled you to push back against the government narrative rather than kowtowing to the government net narrative. Give me, a, give us a sense, because this is the Mind Medicine program. You know, the people, and many doctors, by the way, in the, I run two global meetings a week. So the, I've, I've had four, uh, 200 of them. I have 100 a year, 200 of these meetings. Most doctors, their comment when made, why did you put this into your patients? Their response, the most common response is, I have a mortgage to pay. In other words, they're saying that their financial status, their financial situation is more important than the health and welfare of their patients. Why didn't you behave like this outrageous behaviour of most doctors? Well, Charles, I, I was an anaesthetist, so I lived risk management. And I believe that we lived in a culture of safety. So it was about identifying risks, just like in the, in, in the uh, aerospace industry. You, it was all about safety, identifying risks. And for most of my career, if you identified a latent or actual risk, they were happy. They were happy to be notified. All of that got flipped in the head with the APRA gag order of 9th of March 2021. All of a sudden, now you couldn't flag danger signals. In fact, you were attacked, which is what happened to me. But um, I also had my father. My father was a young man, teenager during the World War II. He was in Nazi-occupied Holland. And he, uh, I remember he, his dog, if you threw a piece of steak down, and that was hard to come by during World War, at the end of World War II, and you said, collaborator. The dog wouldn't touch it. And if he said friend or resistance, then the dog would eat it. And so I, I was I grew up in a household where I I understood that uh, I, I still had this memory of of of, of uh, through my dad of collaborators and resistance. And there were a hell of a lot of collaborators in World War II. Uh, and there were there were few resistors and many of them died. And I figured speaking out put me at risk. And I, I felt a real kinship with people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the, mm. the German theologian resistor. And I thought, well, he died. I hope I get the word out effectively through the censorship because I don't want to end up like him. Um, but I, I think I'm just, look, I, I was a, came from a culture of safety. I fought for 32 years 
for everyone's life, whether it was a newborn baby that was struggling or it was a 90-year-old woman or, or man who, who had pneumonia or was, you know, a, a pregnant woman having trouble with birth. I fought tooth and nail for every life, and I, I couldn't stand by and watch tens of thousands or more of my fellow Australians being killed by and stupidity because I, I knew COVID could be treated. I knew lockdowns were unnecessary and, and baseless. I knew masks didn't work and were baseless. So I, I can't stand stupidity. So I, I, I'm, I'm part of team sanity. I'm part of team freedom. And, you know, and I'm part of team fun, you know, because unlike the Nazis, we're going to have, you know, team freedom is about fun and freedom, you know, and creativity. And I don't want to live in a world that is insane. I, I can't work with my colleagues while they're still basically insane and well, they're doing it, harm, it's, avoidable it's, harm. They are certainly doing harm, and it is my considered view and I thought long and hard about this because 12 years ago, I got introduced to the harm of vaccines. Up until 12 years ago, I had no qualms about vaccines until I started helping a lawyer who was helping parents whose children had been damaged by the vaccines. And so, so I, had that, I had that awareness and I knew what this game, what this game was about and the the resistance to it that you have shown most doctors it is extraordinary to me they went along with it and had they not done so paul this fraud globally could not have been perpetrated and the interesting thing is when i look at well how then did the doctors get defrauded because i think many doctors acted honestly because they have been trained and indoctrinated and propagandized by the medical education system to do what big pharma and government says. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a seniority thing. What was unusual for me was that I was a member of senior staff. I wasn't a junior doctor. I, I was a senior member of staff. And so I expected that they would listen to me. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I was the first doctor picked because I knew the members of the medical council. I'd worked with the president for over 20 years. Um, but uh, in retrospect, and even at the time, I considered it a great honor that they picked me because I knew most doctors would be very, very threatened. We've had multiple suicides from the sort of coercion and inquisition uh, of, the, of these medical boards. And I think I just had the attitude. I, I was fortunate that I was in a position that I was ready to to retire, that I and, and that um, I had the upbringing that that made me uh, uh, want to resist tyranny. I felt like I was born to fight this fight, um, and and I was given an opportunity to do it. So I'm grateful. I didn't see it as as a harm, I saw it. I saw it as they've given me a great honor, uh, a front seat, to fight back against this tyranny. And I figured I might be wrong, but if I'm not wrong, eventually reality will 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 bring the world around to my way of thinking. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. Because well, I would prefer. I, 
I, I would love doctors to listen to your message because I know you're on Cafe Locked Out regularly. Doctors resist this tyranny. If 20% of the doctors in Australia, and there's 100,000 of them, if 20% of them spoke up against this, it would stop. And, and one of the editorial items I was going to talk about was there are still companies, including the airlines, Paul, who insist on job applicants being jabbed. Now, that is evil. That is evil in the extreme. And, of course, these companies go, well, that's our rules. It is, it is a denial. It is damaging their own companies. Qantas, you know, and Virgin, they still demand these jabs. The fire services in Victoria still demand these jabs. It's evil. And if, and if 20% of doctors were to speak up against this evil, it would stop. And I call on doctors now to follow your example, Paul, to push back against this tyranny because it is the doctors and, and the 20% I'm talking about are those who are at least awake. We'll forget about the 80% who aren't awake. These 20%, 20,000 doctors, imagine that. That's what I'm calling on. Now, Paul, I've got to let you go. I've got a couple of things to say, but I'll, I'll, I thank you so much for joining us on your, we had a couple of hitches, but the reception has been pretty good having you on the ship from Wellington to Dunedin in New Zealand. It's got dark and when you'll be arriving in Dunedin tomorrow morning, I presume? Tomorrow afternoon, but look, considering I'm, I'm literally out at sea, I think we did, we did all right. Thank I you. I think we did all right. Thank you so much for being with us now, everybody. Um, please, thank you for listening to TNT Radio. Please check out my website, charlescovest.com. I have a weekly show called The Charles Covest Show, which is a podcast and also a video. I talk about some pretty punchy stuff. I want to bring to your attention another freedom warrior like Paul and like me. It's Rainer Fulmick, a German American lawyer who is currently in German jail being tortured. How do I know? Because Celia Farber, a wonderful investigative journalist, has reported from, from conversations with Reiner's wife that he is being tortured. How? He's not be, it's, it's winter in Germany. He's not being given a sweater. He's not being fed properly. He's only allowed to talk to his wife for 30 minutes. He's not allowed to talk about the case, the trumped-up case against him. This is an attack on him as a lawyer. They snatched him from the German embassy in Mexico unlawfully, and, they, and he's being tortured. And all of us need to speak to every German embassy consulate we know around the world. It is unacceptable. He's a true freedom warrior, and Germany's getting away with it because there's nothing much being reported about him. Now, the time is running out. I um, so many things I want to talk about. There's a Hungary is pushing back against Pfizer. Paul, I'm president of the Australia Hungary Chamber of Commerce. It's good to see that the Hungarian government says to Pfizer, get stuff. We don't want any more of your jabs. Thank you for being with us. Be passionate. The more passionate you are, the less mental health problems that you have. And if you don't know how to get passionate, go to my website, charlescovest.com. If you have any questions, send me an email, charles at covest.com. Paul, thank you again for being with us, everybody. Have a wonderful Sunday night, Sunday morning, midnight in LA, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.